verb in avare, which means simply to innovate, to reform, or to change. But what is innovation? It's often tough to define, but we know it when we see it. It's a new idea, creative thoughts, new imaginations, methods, theories, it's bettering ourselves. But we take these actions often out of necessity. So what if we can harness the scrapper mentality, the hustler, the actions of those who are just trying to survive and put it into everyday use? This is my passion project. I've attended some of the world's largest innovation conferences, developed the latest and greatest technology, and produced change within organizations who are built on and preach tradition. Now I'm here to help entrepreneurs and everyday individuals make small changes and establish a new normal through new methods, ideas, and standards to change your life forever. I'm Roy Edwards, and welcome to the Innovare Project. I welcome you to Innovare. Yeah, this is where we innovate. This is the podcast where change is all made. If you're not growing, then you're dying. Innovation is the key to surviving. This is Innovare, where we ain't scared to make that change and create a new way. Uh huh. If you're ready to learn and sit back and just chill, it's about to get real. This is Innovare. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Innovare. I'm Roy Edwards, your host for the next, oh, I don't know, 45-ish minutes. We're going to get into some conversations around habits, how to create habits, and probably more specifically, how to break some of those habits that you have that you don't like. This could be anywhere from quitting smoking, maybe you're drinking too much, maybe, you know, you just want to get out of bed earlier. I don't know. Maybe you have trouble sleeping in. That's not something I have a problem with, seeing as how I have four kids. I have four alarm clocks, really, that uh, are constantly going off in the mornings. But that's what we're going to get in today. It's this habit control, this mindset around creating and breaking habits. Because we talk a lot about creating habits on this show and some of the things that we can do to better ourselves, to level up. And sometimes bettering ourselves and leveling up means getting rid of things. It's not always the addition of things. It's not always adding new things. Sometimes it means removing things, right? And then you have the addition by subtraction kind of a thing, right? Getting rid of these bad habits. I want to preface this show though by saying if you are dealing with something that is on addiction, then go seek professional help. This episode is not meant to you know, change that in any way. It's not meant to be a substitute for addiction. In fact, Carrie makes it very clear that if you're dealing with addiction that she's not the one to go to. She speaks more on bad habits that you want to break and sometimes that is gray area drinking. You're not an alcoholic, but you just want to break free of the amount that you do drink. Maybe you have a coping mechanism within drinking or smoking cigarettes or whatever your bad habit is. It's kind of a coping mechanism, not an addiction, but you can see it starting to build up. And that's where we're going to talk about today. Again, if you're dealing with any sort of types of addiction, please go seek help. No judgment zone. You know, we all deal with certain aspects of our lives like that where we just need professional help. And addiction is no different, right? It is a disease and it's somebody it's something that you uh, you know, you should you should take care of if if uh, if you're at that stage in your life. Now, 
today's conversation is uh, it's it's a great conversation. It's a fun one. It doesn't only have to deal with if you are drinking. That's not the only part of today's episode. You can take bits and pieces of this and just change it from bad habit. Insert bad habit here. So guys, it's a really fun conversation. I can't wait to share with you without summarizing any more of the conversation. Let's get started. Carrie Schwer has spent most of her professional life helping people find the story they want to tell about the choices they make in their lives. For the past two decades, she's helped companies grow by finding new ways to serve clients. Carrie believes the best way for a company to expand is to help its clients expand. She founded Grey Tonic and Question the Drink in 2018 for professionals like herself that are using alcohol as a coping mechanism for stress. Carrie is a gray area discovery coach, a speaker, and a co-author of the book, The Successful Mind, Tools for Living a Purposeful, Productive, and Happy Life. Welcome into the Innovare podcast, Carrie Schwer. Thank you, Carrie, for joining me. So glad to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be super original here. And for anyone okay. who's ever listened to this podcast knows that the first question I ever asked is the, is the most uh, I think it's the most important, but it's the it's the most unoriginal question in all of podcasting, and that is who who is Carrie Schwer? Oh gosh, she is a complex, fun loving, a little bit dangerous in terms of what I like to do in my pastime. That found her way out of the gray area that now gets to coach men and women and that has found her true passion in life after seven tries because <laughs> I've had seven <laughs> careers. So I'm finally at the place where I think I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So we went over, I had a guest on, it was either last episode or two episodes ago where we talked about, um, the next try, basically. He was he was talking about businesses that he had set up and multiple businesses and how it gets a little bit easier every time you start a new business. And so I, I equated that to, so I'm a father, I have four kids. Um, hopefully I stop at four, but uh, fifth child, if you're listening to this, I didn't mean that. And so every child you have, you learn a little bit more and you can progress a little bit more and you become a better father, parent, whatever, every little bit, right? Like I remember having my first kid and being like freaking out that he wouldn't sit still because I'm trying to get a diaper on him, right? And now it's like my kid is like throwing paint at the wall and I'm like, look at him, he's being so creative. You know, so it's yeah. as you went through those seven different businesses and the seven different career paths, how much or how important was it to to gather a little bit of information of data, points of interest, you know, the learning that went through those seven points and where you are today? Oh, yeah. I, I love this topic, too. I get asked this question a lot. And I think it's, you know, listen, we go we go through life not by accident. We think that life just unfolds you know, like it just happens yeah. and it's really designed. And I think that there are so many blessings to be found in what I, you know, what we might look at as failures. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I look back on, on these seven or the past six, I should say, I took away something from each one of those experiences or jobs. I mean, I had seven different careers and then within those careers, I had a couple different jobs. So, you know, we have to look at what was the learning out of that? What was the redirection that may have occurred? And a lot of times one thing happened that led to the next thing that led to the next thing. And I can stand back now and say, wow, all of that 
really prepared me for this work that I get to do today. And I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. And I'm so thankful that I got to experience so much uh, stuff. <laughs> and a lot of it, you know, wasn't always easy either. Yeah. A lot of some, some harder times. And uh, I mean, I had some jobs in there that I really despised, but they set me up. It was part of the plan. So, you know, I think that's my message is the plan is the plan and our plan is just a plan. Yeah. And you can't force it, right? It, I mean, it, it's, you can plan to be somewhere where you want to be, Yeah. but, but trying to force something and trying to make it happen. I, I am a firm believer in law of attraction. I believe that you can visualize where you want to be, but just because we're visualizing something and we want to be somewhere, doesn't mean it's coming this weekend, right? It doesn't mean that it's coming tomorrow. And so there is that plan. There's that path that you have to go through. And it's not, you mentioned that it's, it gets difficult, right? I mean, so I bring this up a lot. So I, I have Crohn's disease and all of my listeners just went, oh, because they had no idea since I bring it up every episode. But I, I, I have Crohn's disease and I went through some just awful times. So from, from I was diagnosed at 12. And so basically all of high school, I, I'm the kid who, you know, uh, is, is, whatever, go in the bathroom at football practice. You know what I mean? Using Porter Johns and stuff like that. Like that's weird, right? Like who's that guy running over there? But it's like, you have these like weird things that you go through and these like embarrassing moments, these painful moments, these experiences, you know, I had the surgery and I had to overcome like all these different things. Right. And we don't choose to go through these like terrible times, right? It's not our choice. We're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go have surgery and have ulcers and do all this like crazy, awful things to my body. But the lesson I'm going to get out of it is going to be so good. Right. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah, not our that's, thinking, you know, No, definitely the last thing we're thinking about as we're going through it. But we have to remember that there's, there's always something to be learned or like I said, a redirection or a reflection. There's something in what we feel like is a failure. It's not working for us at that moment. You know, we all experience that we ebb and flow. This is part mm -hmm. of being a human being is that, you know, life wasn't guaranteed to be easy. As a matter of fact, it was, we were told is expect some hardships and know how to get through it and have some faith and trust that you will, and that there's a reason behind it. So I think if we embrace that concept, you know, if we just had that concept alone, we'd get through life so much easier and with more flow and with more gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude is the is a big word there. Huge. You know, even Huge. when we're going through times that just suck, right? You have to find gratefulness in whatever you're going through. You know, you, you got a yeah. broken leg. You got to then yeah. be thankful for the one that's good. You know? Well, I mean, let's look at COVID, for example. You know, people have, um, you know, and there's been a lot of hardships, no doubt. But there's also been a tremendous amount of positivity that has come out of this time. It's been, you know, one of my mentors calls it a forced Sabbath. And I love that because it mm. really forced us to slow down and take a look at what's really important to us in our life. And even um, one of my, my most favorite clients that I currently have right now, he said something the other day that was just so magical. He said, you know, Carrie, I've been running on 10 his whole life. Like he's never been in a position where he was forced to slow down. And this time has really encouraged him to see life in a whole different way because he doesn't have the normal hustle bustle that he once had. And he's like, this has been such an incredible blessing. So even though people are, you know, drinking more and they're reaching out to me a little bit more than, than previous, 
they are starting to see that there's so many hidden gems in this time that we call now COVID, which will be forever in our language, that we have really had this opportunity as a golden opportunity for us to find those areas in our life that we want to improve on. And that's what I get to do, which is fabulous because we all want to be thriving. We all want to have abundance. We all want to be happy and have joy and have creativity and energy and feel good. These are all the things that we desire, connection, love. These are all the things that for as humans, we all want, but we don't always get, right? Yeah. And I love that term for for it. I heard it called uh, COVID being like the term, the, the, um, I heard it called the great pause. Yes. And that we've ha- we have this time where we can pause and reflect on what we have. Mm-hmm. I-, I went outside and, and used my fire pit this year more than any time ever. Spent more time with my kids. I made dinner every night. You know, like I can't remember a year that in my professional career, obviously, and when I was a kid, you know, I made dinner every night, most nights. Uh, but in my professional career as a father, sitting down and being able to share a meal, all meals with my kids is mm-hmm. something that I was able to take out of this. And now I can, uh, of course, there are tons of bad things that came along with it. And we can focus on the negativity and we can say, oh man, this year whew, completely sucked, beat us up in every other way and this and that. Or we can focus on the small wins that we got out of it and build upon those into, into 21. And I feel like that's the same way that we should attack goals and habits and so on and so forth that you just started to go over. Yes. Well, um, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you know who he is, but he always talks about is wherever we place our attention is where our energy goes. So if we focus on the things we don't want, guess what? We get more of the things we don't want out of life. So I love that you brought up visualization earlier and the law of attraction. I totally believe in all of that woo, because it is true when we allow ourselves to receive we can then receive, but we have to be willing to to do that. And we're not always willing to do that, right? That's the difference between people who have a lot. And I don't mean just money. I'm talking about abundance in, in general, like in their wealth and health and all those things is <clears throat> because they allow themselves to receive. And that's a, that's a huge part of it. But you got to be in a place of gratitude in order to do that. Without gratitude, we close ourselves off. We close our energy and we don't allow things to flow to us. So yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I've, I, this is probably maybe the third or fourth time I've brought this up this week, not on the, not on the podcast or anything, but this week with either speaking with my wife or my kids or whatever. And that's, I'm sure you've heard this before, but there's the, it's either like a fable or parable or something where there's two wolves that live inside of us. Right. And mm. there's the, yeah. there, there's the, the bad wolf and the good wolf or the dark wolf and the light wolf or whatever they're called. One is stands for fear and negativity and pessimism and, you know, anxiety and all that. And the other one stands for good and, you know, gratefulness and healthy. And, and so then the young boy asks his grandfather, who's telling him about the two wolves. And he says, well, which one wins? Right. And, and the grandfather replies in in the story, the the one you feed it, Right. right. It, it, it's it, there's there's everybody has those that that mm-hmm. internal battle of, of good versus evil. I don't care how successful you are. You're going to have that little thing in the back of your mind that's saying, hey, you're not good enough. You're not this enough. You're not whatever. And if you feed into that, then you're screwed. Right. And 2020 yeah. is no different than that. And attacking your habits are no different than that. And, and, and trying to be happy, you know, I'll, I'll put that in quotation marks because so ha- happy can mean so many different things. 
it, but you feed whatever you feed. That's, that's what's going to, you know, be there. That's what's going to present itself. Those are the opportunities that are, that you're going to find at the, at the end of the road. So I love mm-hmm. you brought that up. So let's get into habits a little bit. It, it is, it is the yeah. new year. There's a lot of resolutions being made right now. Uh, I read a statistic that said that 80% of people are going to abandon their resolutions uh, by, by the end, by the end of the year. Right. And so, well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say there, here's the problem with that. I'm going to get comfortable now because now it's getting into my territory. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that first of all, we need to remove the word resolutions and goals out of our vocabulary when we're talking about something like behavioral change, okay. because if we don't set intention, intentions should be the key word here. So anytime, you know, obviously, well, for the listeners that don't know yet, I work with those that are in the gray area, particularly with drinking, if they're drinking too much, they're not alcoholics, but they are drinking more than a social drinker. They're in this gray area, this black and, you know, this, this not black or white, it's in this gray area. And so when we talk about behavioral change, and if we set ourselves up by saying our intention is to whatever the habit change is for today there's a higher probability that you're actually going to complete it versus my resolution, my new year's resolution or my goal for this month is to not drink, for example, dry January. And then they're three, two weeks in and they're like, you know what? The first time they get super triggered, they're like, screw it. And they have what they want because that's what their normal patterns were for so long. It's this learned behavior that becomes this habitual process within our brain. And it's this go-to pattern that we're so familiar with. Instead of sitting with it and thinking about it and setting the intention every single day, they give in. So it's important not to look at it as this goal. Goals are long-term. Intentions are present moment. They're present-based So if we think about it that way and we think about taking each day as it is, then that can set us up for success versus failing. And then what happens is if we fall off the wagon and we end up, you know, I'm going to work out every day. And then the two days in a row that you don't go to the gym and you're like, yep, screw it. I failed because I didn't meet my goal. Well, that doesn't feel good. Right. So but if we said my intention today it's to go to the gym. And if you turns out that you don't end up going that day, okay, is it the end of the earth? No, but your intention the next day could be, okay, today I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym. This is my intention. It's no different from drinking, overeating, or any type of habit. Is it still important though to have that end goal of where you want to be and then the daily intentions? Or should we not look at long term and focus more on the day to day? Well, you know, it, it, it depends on what we're talking about here. So mm-hmm. for, for someone who is just starting off looking at their drinking, for example, mm-hmm. I don't like them to think long term because, you know, for me, I've, I've been alcohol free now for four and a half years. And my intention today is to not drink. My intention for tomorrow is to not drink. But past that, Roy, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And this is how I live my life. And I think it's important that we take you know, my, my thing is 36 hours. Don't look past 36 hours because it's too much for our human brains. Now, when we talk about goals, Mm -hmm. achieving something of value. So let's say, um, 
I mean, being alcohol free is something of value. I get that, but I'm talking like you want to, uh, get, I don't know, buy a new house or buy a, a, a fancy car, or whatever the goal is that you want to obtain, or you want to get that job promotion. That's sorry. You're going to hear my dog shake a little bit. Sorry, I love dogs. <laughs> Any super cute. <laughs> That is a different story because now we have something to work towards. That is a goal. That truly is a goal. That's a long-term outcome that we're looking for, that we're striving for. When we're talking about habit change, it's important not to look at it as a goal as it is an intention. Because this will, this, that mindset shift of that two millimeter distinction with that and the languaging that we're choosing is huge. And that's the other thing, choosing. So when somebody first comes to me and they're like, again, this is not somebody who is physically dependent on alcohol. This is a gray area drinker. I, I'll say to them, drinking is a choice. You can drink if you want to drink. It's a choice for you. It's not that you have to drink in order to survive, like somebody who's physically, um, physically addicted, right? That's a different story. But as somebody who is a gray area drinker, it's a choice to drink. So when they're trying to cut back, moderate, do dry January, work with me, whatever the reason is why they want to eliminate alcohol of their life forever, for a time being, for what, you know, whatever the reason is, it's easier and better for them to say, I'm choosing not to drink versus I can't drink. Mm -hmm. So we say I'm choosing to get to do whatever, there's permission behind it. And permission allows freedom. It allows us to go... Oh yeah, I'm in control. I'm in charge. I get to decide because it really is a decision. I mean, I can decide today that I don't feel like going to the gym yeah. later today, but that's a choice that I get to make. So, you know, we have to really be consciously aware of what it is that we're thinking about. And that has a lot to do with the habits too, is what are the thoughts that are going on in our mind? What is the meaning that we're attaching to this negative habit? What does that mean for us? And what is the feelings that are coming up for us? Because when we start to acknowledge some of these thoughts and these feelings, we can then start to shift our behaviors because action always follows the way we think and the way we feel. Hmm. We are faced with a choice and we get to decide. So I think it's important that, you know, just changing some of the languaging is very important and understanding the reason why I'm, I'm pretty intense on choosing intention versus a goal when we're yeah. talking about a habit change. Yeah. And I think there's a, an important word you used, and I'm sure it was intentional. Uh, you use the word permission mm. where you mm -hmm. have to give yourself permission to choose or permission to do something or so oftentimes with that. Again, getting back to negative thoughts and negative negative uh, feelings, and and so we have this self doubt, and we don't give ourselves permission to get better or to mm -hmm. work out or to put down the drink or whatever. We get so caught up in this negative vision of ourselves. But that word permission and giving yourself permission, I assume that's a you did that on purpose, right? I assume that's part of your uh what you what you do at Great Tonic and, and and as allowing people to give themselves permission to take whatever step necessary. Yeah. Well the flip side to that is they can also keep the victim badge on. Mm -hmm. And I this a lot too. And I was that person for a, a, a long time, a long time. I had a lot of childhood trauma. I had a lot of stuff when I was younger. You know, we all have our stuff, right? Nobody's without stuff. Right. <laughs> we all have it. And so I wore a victim badge on my forehead for most of my life 
when, you know, I wasn't doing my best or I was an average student in school or, you know, I was getting in trouble at school or I wasn't holding a job or whatever it was. I was like, well, this is why don't you see, don't you see that I'm a victim that this is the reason why I took this on as an identity. And this becomes a permission for us to stay stuck. So it can actually go the opposite direction. So we have to really be intentional with what it is that we want. And, you know, Everyone I work with has the desire to want to make a shift. They want to make a change, right? They don't want to be stuck. And so we have to really pay attention to what are some of those driving forces for us wanting to get better, because that is the big why. Once we understand what that why is, and usually is something of deep value, most often with my clients, it's their health or it's a relationship or it's a career they want to advance. You know, it could be a number of things, but knowing what that core desire is, is the kind of the anchor, if you will, and is the driving force for them to move forward with, with that, their intention to change. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of a full circle thing when we look at it, it could go one way or the other, but I think it's important to know that we have choices, we have decisions that we get to make, and it comes down to that. I mean, everyone has choices every single day. We get to choose every day what we want to do with our day. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. You mentioned uh, there that, and now I just blanked on on the word that you used, but you had talked about, um, darn, I just, I just lost that, that whole thought, man. The victim. Yes. The victim mentality. So, so victim mentality is looking. And when you're a victim, you're looking for excuses essentially. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And so you play it. I, you know, excuses are like assholes at right. Everybody's got one. That's like the oldest saying in the book. Right. And so when you're a victim, you're playing into these excuses, you're believing these excuses and you're holding these excuses as if they're truth. Right. And so I, I always say fear is a liar, right? Excuses are liars. And they're just something that you can put up. There's smoke screens that you can play. Right. And so once, how do you get past these excuses, the victim card, right? Like, how do you put that aside and, and take that first step where you're like, okay, I'm done with my excuses. I'm done feeding the negative wolf, whatever it is, right? How do I take this first step? Yeah. So it's a limiting belief. It's the inner credit. It's the inner voice in our head that's been running the show. I mean, this inner voice is running the show. So once we can identify what that is, whatever that voice is, whatever that limiting belief is, once we have that, we can then start to peel away at it and get down to the root cause of where did that first begin? Most often it happened years ago. Most of our beliefs and what we learn is before the age of seven, we take all this information and we store it in our brain as factual and truth. And as we go through life, those experiences build upon each other and it builds evidence. And so this is how habits form, right? We, we start to have a drink. It makes us feel good. Then our brain says, hey, remember that? That made you feel good. And then the next time you drink, you're like, hey, remember that? I need more of that to get the same feeling. And this is how habits form. When we talk about limiting beliefs and and staying in this victim mentality, we can change those limiting beliefs if we can recognize them. So I have an exercise that I do with my clients, which is we look at whatever that core conflict is, that limiting belief, and we can simply decide to create a new empowering decision around that limiting belief. And so we take that limiting belief, we, we flip it around. So if I'm not good enough, 
uh, I am very well good enough, right? I mean, it's a polar opposite. Right. We just make a new decision. And now we have to build evidence that that new decision is true because right away your brain's going to say, uh, that's BS. So we have to find evidence that that new decision is true. And when we start to ask our brain really good questions, guess what? We get really good answers because again, your brain is like Google, but it only knows what it knows. So it's only going to find responses based on past experiences. But when you ask yourself really good questions, quality questions, not how questions, the what if I tried this or what, what can I do to make that happen? Who could I reach out to? Then your brain starts going on a search and it'll start to pull some of these answers. But the how-to questions always get us screwed. <laughs> it keeps us stuck because the how-to is, I don't know, yeah. this is the answer. So the, the answer to all of that is identifying the inner critic or that little voice in your head and deconstructing that and making new empowering belief. So it's not a limiting belief, it's an empowering belief. And you get to just decide to do this and then you find evidence to build that that's true. Yeah. So I have two things to play off there. Yeah. The first the first thing is is your why. I wanna go back to that in a second. But the, the, the second part is what you had just mentioned in terms of limiting belief and you have this this built up evidence that in some cases might be false evidence, right? And so that's where that, that highlight reel, a lot of people talk about. You have a negative highlight reel in your mind and something happens and you play back this negative highlight reel and you're like, remember all these bad things that happened, right? And so how important is it when you do start finding that or do you play into the thought process of when, do, when bad things do start to happen, finding that positive highlight reel to count, you know, contradict the negative highlight reel or how, what are some tips around that? Right. Cause a lot of people deal with that where they're like, Oh yeah, this is well, bad. And here's why. Remember all this stuff that happened. Yep. Exactly. It's a story we create. So yeah. the first thing we have to ask is, is this really true? Because 99% per, of the time it's not true. It's a story that we're creating because we don't like open loops. So a, a quick example would be if your best friend never texts you back, you're waiting, you know, you send them a text. It's kind of like, you know, urgent, you know, that they're available and they haven't texted you back. Well, our brain doesn't like this open loop. So right away we have to close it. So we might tell ourselves, well, are they mad at me? Why aren't they answering me back? Right. I mean, what's the problem? What is going on? Oh my God, they're mad at me. What did I do? Do you see how easy we start to go down this cycle of like, a downward spiral of thinking, we yeah. do it to ourselves. We have to stop and ask, is that really true? Or could there be something else that is true? Because it's a story that we're creating. And 99% of the time, this is what we're doing to ourselves is we're creating a story because we don't like these open loops. And if this thought that we're having doesn't feel good, the thought's not true. Think about that for a minute. If the, if the feeling that we have in that moment does not feel good and we really look at the thinking, that thinking is not true. Hmm. So then it creates this, it creates that, well, what could be true? Well, maybe my friend got an emergency call into work or something happened with their daughter that they had to take and they had something else come up and it had nothing to do with me. Right. So there's always this optional other story that we're not telling ourselves. And <clears throat> that is the key to trying to figure 
some of these limiting beliefs out, but we do this all the time, Roy. I mean, it's just the way our brains work because we only know what we know. We don't like these open loops and we create stories that are untrue and they get us into trouble. And this is what reinforces those limiting beliefs. So it's like those limiting beliefs keep get, the evidence keeps get reinforced. So to change all that, we have to stop. We have to acknowledge the thinking. We have to see it for what it is. We have to breathe through that experience. We can embrace the moment and where we're at exactly at that moment because we're seeing that this isn't true. And then we have to redirect our thoughts. We redirect them to something that's going to better service. Now, that process I just said, stop, acknowledge, breathe, embrace, redirect, is a saber flow. It's one of my methodologies. It's actually the chapter that I wrote in this book um, is all about the saber flow. And it's a methodology that you can use whenever you are in the situation where you feel like you're stuck and you're in this power struggle. You got two conflicting thoughts that are you know, incongruent with one another. And you have this power struggle in your mind where you're being tugged and pulled and you don't know what to do, or you're faced with a trigger, you're faced with an urge or, you know, a situation that you don't know how to handle. It's easy just to stop, look at the thinking, acknowledge it, breathe through with some deep, calming, controlled breaths that controls our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system. We move from this fight or flight response into a calm, relaxed state. And then we can embrace where we are and then we can redirect our thinking to something that's going to better serve us. And usually what we need to do is look at that limiting belief that's causing the thinking and pull out that new empowering decision to move us forward. And we can do that by gratitude, with having gratitude. So that's stop, acknowledge, breathe, embrace. Embrace. Yeah. Embrace the moment, like embrace the work that you're doing and then redirect. Redirect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. You know, I knew that you had Saber and I've caught some of those as, and we've had conversations on this before, but I never, I never put them all together. I guess I should have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even one by itself, you could start to understand and unpack it, but when you have it all together and, and I'll tell my clients, listen, if you can only get through the first three, stop acknowledging and breathe, then you've won the battle. I mean, think about that whenever you know we're talking about habits, we're talking about negative habits. And if you are wanting to overeat, let's say you have an urge to have chocolate, just stop, just take a pause. When you say stop out loud, you allow your brain to catch up. Mm. You're not, you're no longer on autopilot. You're like stopping the thought by living, uh, uh, um, giving yourself this pause, right? You're allowing this pause to happen. You're taking a step back. You're seeing the thinking now you can acknowledge that thinking for what it is. And half the time, you know, I could say, well, do I really want this chocolate? Uh, yeah, I kind of actually do want it. Okay, will it be beneficial for you to have the chocolate? No, you know, is it is it in your plan of your intention for today because you're trying to lose five pounds? No, that's gonna go against my plan. Well, what do you, is it true what you're really thinking now? Can you be without the chocolate? Yep, I probably can be without the chocolate. Okay, let me take a couple deep breaths and let me calm myself down and let me redirect to something else. Yeah. And I auto- mean, we need to take a pause. That's it. And autopilot is something we all deal with in, in yeah. like all areas. I mean, I, I've caught myself. So I actually live where I grew up. I'm a couple towns down the street, kind of, but. I'm relatively in the same area of where I grew up and I'll catch myself driving and listening to music and driving to my old neighborhood or driving to like my friend's house or something like that. And I have to be like, what am I doing? 
And, and if we do things like that all the time where it's like, we'll be in autopilot, we'll go upstairs and we'll open up the refrigerator and we're just like, why am I in the fridge right now? You know, we're on this autopilot and we got to break out of these autopilots. And by, I love what you just talk about is just speaking instead of thinking it, you know, we can think it sure. But the moment that we take that verbal action is the first step. So we're almost having a conversation with ourselves. We are having a conversation with ourselves, you know? awareness that's what it is it's awareness and we we, half the time we're unaware we just walk around and we think that life is just you know it just just sort of happens and Mm. it does just happen but we need to be more aware of what it is that we're doing and you know what honestly it's a good thing that we do run on autopilot i mean what makes our brain efficient we need Mm. to have some some autonomic type responses i mean think about driving breathing brushing your teeth you know if we had to consciously think about putting our foot on the brake we'd be in trouble right so i mean how many times have you driven and you're like i don't remember a dang thing between point a to point b i just know i arrived well that's because you don't have to think about driving you just do it because it comes so naturally to you because you've done it so many times but it's the same thing with our our natural thoughts throughout our day is that we we just know how to do something but when we have these conscious thoughts of I want something or you have a desire with these behaviors that is the secret and the pattern disruption that needs to happen when we find ourselves being triggered or we have an urge or a craving we don't have to give into it and the, and the secret of all of this, Roy, is that we've never been taught to sit with our feelings. Mm-hmm. We just want to act upon them, right? I don't like to feel bad. Nobody likes to feel bad. But instead of soothing ourselves right away with, with food or, or alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or porn or whatever it is, instead of soothing that feeling, be okay with not being okay. Be okay with being uncomfortable. Sit in it sit in it. You're not going to die. I promise. Like just sit in it and breathe through it and move through it and look at your thinking, look at your feelings before you act. And if everybody did that before they did something, oh, they'd be in a much better place because they have awareness and they're bringing acknowledgement to their thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I had this conversation with my son the other day where he was in the car and he's a 10 year old, so he won't stop talking which is great. He's curious. But at the same time, I'm realizing it's not that he has anything to say. It's not that he's curious about anything that's going on. It's that he's realizing that he's bored. Mm. And so he is applying negative thoughts and negative feelings towards being bored and wants to change being bored by having a conversation. Fine. But at the same time, I said, look, buddy, sometimes it's okay to be bored and you just got to be bored and you just got to deal with it. We put these negative emotions or we put these negative feelings on emotions, whereas bored is not necessarily bad. It's just bored. You're just yeah. feeling something. That doesn't mean that it's bad or good or anything in between. And so just sit in it, you know, yeah. understand what it feels like. <laughs> you know? Well, we have moments that we don't prefer. And and right. that's okay. And then the other thing that I always like to say, too, is that the problem isn't usually the problem or what we think is the problem. The problem is always the meaning that we're placing on what we think the problem is. It's the attachment that we're attaching to it that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, being bored, what does that mean? Right? So yeah. it, it's not that it's a problem that you're bored. It's the meaning that you're associating with being bored. Or, you know, um, there's an old saying in, in AA when I used to go about HALT. HALT stands for uh, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. 
And I love that because whenever we're in a situation where we want to do a behavior that we know is probably not going to be best for us, we should ask ourselves, we should halt and ask, are we hungry? Are we angry? Are we lonely? Or are we tired? Because Hmm. possible that you're probably one of those four. Interesting. And or bored. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So boredom is definitely a key to uh, why people drink. Um, you know, I, I have a few clients that drink not only when they're stressed, but when they have a huge excitement happen in their life and they don't know how to deal with that excitement. Um, I have a guy who has a very high pressured, high energetic job. And if he exceeds um, his goals or whatnot, it stirs up all these anxiety type emotions for him. And his anxiety, what he calls anxiety, is actually excitement. It's the same feeling. It's like, oh, you know, public speaking is, is the most yeah. fearful thing people can do, but it's excitement. So excitement and anxiety and fear all kind of have the same chemical reactions that happen within our body. So we have to really step back and say, what is it that I'm really feeling right now? Yeah. And just get curious. It's about getting curious with where you are. If we had more conscious awareness around that, like I said earlier, we'd be in a much better place. Yeah. And so all this change, we talk to ourselves, and then all this change just happens overnight and now we're better people tomorrow. Right? Yes, exactly. Just lickety split and you're good to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this takes years. And just and here's the thing, just when you work through one limiting belief, there's another one and another one and another one and another one and another one. It's it's just you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. It's not happening fast enough for me. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too gray. I'm too bald. I'm too, I'm too whatever. Right. Or it just never works for me. There's not enough time. I don't have enough energy. These are all things that we say to ourselves that aren't true. And we can simply change it by making a new decision and making a new empowering belief over it, but we don't take the time to do it. Yeah. So this is an ongoing process. Listen, we we are on this journey of life as a journey. There's no, the destination is death. So why don't we enjoy the ride while we're here and just try to figure it out as we go, which is what we're doing, right? This is all part of the self-development process of getting better, 1% better every day or every year. What is that book? I forgot the name of the book. There's a book. I forgot the book. It's, uh, he talks about that. About about the 1%? Yeah, I think it's yeah. 1% better every year. I forgot the name of the book. It's it, right there, but I can't think of it. So there's yeah, something called the 1 in 60 rule, which I actually just did a podcast on this. Uh, but there's a 1 in 60 rule, which was developed by flight pilots. And so there was a flight that left, I want to say Australia. I don't remember. And they got on the flight, and the, the pilots had never done it, done this flight before. And so they took off. And so they were, a, they were on a slight deviation to the flight. They were off by 1% when they put in mm-hmm. their, uh, their flight patterns. And so when they came down from their descent to go b- below the clouds to give the passengers the view of the – I believe they were going to Antarctica. To give them this view of the Arctic, they crashed into a, a, a volcano, which mm. – because they were that wasn't supposed to be there because they're one percent off, and so it, it's something that for every one percent you're at you're at uh, off by sixty miles per hour or something like that. So you're off like you're off track big time. So if you were to go around the equator at a one percent change, you would miss your target by like five hundred and some miles. Yeah, and it's that yeah. small little change that can yeah. either bring you off course 
or, you know, bring you somewhere where you want to, you know, completely different than you are today. Well, here's the thing too, and we've all heard this progress over perfection. I mean, we've heard that term a million times, but there's truth behind that, but really it comes down to what we're doing on a daily basis. And, you know, part of my program is called everyday effort equals expansion. And I believe that, you know, for us to expand as human beings, we have to put in this everyday effort and everyday effort looks like what it sounds like. You have to put in the time. You have to spend time exercising, eating healthy, drinking plenty of water, meditating, praying, um, journaling, breathing. I'm a huge breath work girl. Like I think breathing is our best friend. Um, If there's one thing that I like, you know, almost insist on my clients implement is breathing throughout the day because that alone will save their life and it'll improve every aspect of their life just by doing controlled breathing. But there's so many things that we could be doing on a daily basis. And when we do that, what we actually are ended up, what we end up doing is filling our tank. We're filling our cup. We're able to be the best we can. And I'll share with you this past month, I have not been filling my tank. I have been off balance like crazy. And it's because, you know, I just created this new course and it's up and running now and I'm like thrilled to death, but I put in 15 to 16 hours a day, including the holidays, including Christmas. I worked all through Christmas and it is insane. So I was completely off balance and it started to show in other areas of my life. You know, my, my, my relationships, for example, my husband was like, really, you're going to work again tonight because there's no balance. So the everyday effort of keeping these daily routines is part of the secret. So everyday effort, what we put in every day equals expansion. Yeah. I love that. So Carrie, how, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, the best way is my website, which is gray tonic with an A G R A Y. Listen, gray, gray tonic is one word. Uh, I want to say this. It's so funny because question the drink is my signature program. And that's really what I'm asking people to do is question the relationship with alcohol. I'm not opposed to alcohol. I just want people to question their relationship, question why you're drinking it, get curious with it. And that is my signature 12 week program, but gray tonic, the name, I have to say what it is because I think it's funny. Gray, obviously for the gray area tonic, if, if you can, if you look it up in the dictionary, it means medicinal drink, of course, but it also means a strengthener, pick me up, a boost, energizer, invigorator. It means like all these amazing, powerful words. And so when I was thinking about my business name, I had on a t-shirt that said gym and tonic. And cause I quit drinking and I love tonic water and I loved going to the gym. So I had the shirt gym and tonic and I thought, Oh, I should call it gray and tonic. And then it, and then I went to the web browser and typed in gray and tonic. And I'm like, no, one's going to put the and in there. That's stupid. So I took out the and and I was like, gray tonic, there it is. <laughs> so that's how the business name got started, uh, which I think is always a funny story. But I realized that, you know, I'm the tonic to those that are in the gray and it's really about finding their best life and helping them expand so they can be the best version of themselves. I love it. I love it. And guys, please reach out to Carrie. She's awesome and she'll respond. Well, yeah. 
be nice to Carrie and she'll respond. She, you've been awesome. We've, we've been uh, a part of the same group for a little while. Yeah. And, uh, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you. It's been awesome. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Roy. It's been really fun. Thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Innovare Podcast. You can listen to all episodes at InnovarePodcast.com, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts are found. If you enjoy watching podcasts, check us out on YouTube for a visual behind-the-scenes look at all Innovare Podcast episodes. We have recently released a community of entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Innovare Mindset. That's Innovare Mindset to join the private group of entrepreneurs changing the world. Until next time, guys. See ya.